Welcome back for another episode of the AWG Podcast, where we discuss the biggest topics and trends in the water sport and boat tour industry. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and join our mailing list by visiting watersportpodcast.com. After you finish listening, continue the conversation in our Facebook group, Watersport and Boat Tour Operators. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Your lovable host, Kevin O'Neill, and my buddy, Pal. I don't think like pal is the most like non like you don't hear everyone say this is my pal, my pal Greg Fisher joining us today. And today on the show with us, we have Branch. I don't know that I've ever said your last name like out loud to you. Schiffler? Scheifler. You're close. Scheifler. What's that? Yeah, I said you were close. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Brett, Brent. Brant, 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 Jesus, man, I'm, it's a long day. Let's just fucking bring that back in. Brant Scheifler, ladies and gentlemen. Greg, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. Um, You ready to talk about some search engine optimization? Oh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to quiz him. I'm going to sure fucking... make sure he is good as he says he is. Well, he asked me how. He asked me how much you knew about <laughs> SEO. I might have sandbagged on on your on your knowledge a little. No, bit. No, no. I actually, actually, um, my brother took over our SEO for TripShock, so um, I don't. I'm not in it as as heavy as I was. Uh, I if if you're talking about old school SEO, I mean, I'll, I'll I can have a good conversation about that. But the newer stuff, yeah. Brant's gonna have Gre- to school us. Greg was hiding keywords in the back of the pictures and stuff like Jeskies, 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 Jeskies. <laughs> Back behind a picture. So, guy, uh, Brant, Brant, um, Brant does all of um, the 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 cats out of the bag. I was like, he's always like my fucking my my secret marketing ninja. He's worked for Destiny since pretty much we got started. Uh, he's a huge part of our brand voice and our brand identity. He's like taught me so much, and I wouldn't even like of all of our conversations that we had over the years about SEO and marketing. I probably wouldn't be doing this show, and I probably wouldn't have had a, 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 the amount of success that my company has without uh, his help. So, Brant, welcome, man. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate being here. Thanks for the kind words. You are by far, hands down, the coolest and most fun client <laughs> that I have. And yeah. that's no joke. <laughs> the craziest, I'm sure. The crazy, the Florida man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's good. I always love talking with you. Yeah, man. So, um, tell us a little bit. Uh, name of your company. What is it that you do? How you got started? You you mentioned you said you got got a crazy Florida man story for us. <laughs> so I'm I'm sort of intrigued on exactly what that is. So, but but first, um, yeah, man. Yeah, it's funny. All things lead back to Florida somehow, and Florida man. But so yeah, my company is called Automatic Outreach, and. Really, I'm, I'm sort of positioned in between maybe an independent SEO consultant guy in a bigger agency. And so I'm not trying to have 500 clients. We have you know a decent cl- client roster, but I try to be the main guy on strategy and the main guy that you end up talking with. And then I have a small team that helps behind the scenes. But um, yeah, I really, my goal is to be really an outside team member for the small business owner who a um, can't keep up with all of the changes with digital marketing, number one, because it's dynamic. Uh, B can't hire a full-time marketing person, or if they do, they usually have one skill, but not others. And, you know, um, C can't do it themselves. 
So I try to be that outside team member for a fraction of the cost of an employee and just be with people long term. But, but yeah, I got into this interesting business from the small business owner standpoint. Um, I've owned other companies in the past and the reference to Florida man there is that a buddy and I, I was trying to figure out when this was, I think it was about 15 years ago, but a business partner and I, we had a company, it was totally unrelated to water sports, but we were, um, I was, I was managing operations and strategy and he was more on the sales end and he had this friend, kind of like kid he had taken under his wing, a boy wonder type genius who was real tech savvy and really skilled. And we just, because we were busy, just gave him everything. Like, yeah, sure, do that. That's fine. Hey, he'd come to us. Hey, do you want to do this, this or that? I'm like, I don't care. Just do it. You know, just delegating things and trusting him. But then things started to take a weird turn and there was like this strange tension it was hard to get a hold of him. He didn't work in our office. And at the point we realized he had like, he was from Florida and he had gone back to Florida. And I realized he'd kind of fallen back into some old relationships and had this cocaine problem. <laughs> and all of our, all of our assets, our server, we had like an online training program used by like hundreds of businesses around the country. All of it was sitting in his rented bedroom. <laughs> and he was mad at us. And so it was just a terrible situation where I had to start learning how some of this stuff worked to get our stuff back. That was sort of my entry point to the SEO world. What did he do with all the equipment? Did you get it back or did you sell it for cocaine? Or? Yeah. Well, again, my, my business partner was really good at sales and he had really helped this kid out in life at different times. And so and we did care about the guy. So we just, we had to try to build that bridge and he ended up just agreeing to give us our stuff back and we moved it as quickly as we could. And I'm waiting for the part where you tell me that this was Kevin. <laughs> no, but I don't know. They could be related. It's possible. I mean, he was yeah, talking absolutely. about a couple episodes ago about his cocaine and dolphin cruise. <laughs> like he, no, he, no, you mentioned cocaine. it like cocaine and donuts like he mentioned it like three times during the show so i i, I don't maybe, even maybe know something was on his mind <laughs> yeah I, I was like yeah have you ever thought about doing like a cocaine cruise you know what i mean like, <laughs> you fucking get a buffet of cocaine like i think it worked really well man you know what i mean yeah i don't like, know if you're aiming at politicians though is that the kind of clientele you're trying to get on board on? no no i'm any clientele i'm all about the benjamin man hey. you know you get a qr code and you scan it and you get a bitcoin and a fucking thing of cocaine and <laughs> we're bringing it all like all full circle man <laughs> Yeah. it's funny i don't even like it, it it's like i i after after my heart attack as oddly as it sounded as it sounds like um i i started i started drinking and not like heavily but just like drinking you know like i had not drank forever and and i quit again subsequently but uh, i i was like you know they were like yeah you need to make some life changes you know and i'm like but i don't drink and i go to the gym and i take care of myself you know i'm like so they didn't really specify so i was like okay i guess i'll just start drinking <laughs> and eating hamburgers you, know, you said make a life change you didn't really specify oh, yeah spoiler alert the, it was the cocaine that I was doing that gave me the heart attack. I love Nikki six in it in my fucking office here going crazy. Um, but so, so yeah, man, um, it, it's, it's funny. Cause 
uh, I, I, like when I first got started, we do, we do, we talk a lot about marketing on, on the show. Uh, Greg obviously is like Greg's a marketer for lack of a, a better term. Obviously trip shock provides you know, a lot more than that fucking soft sell for trip shock. <laughs> but, I mean, but, but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, that's like, you're, you're a, you're a fucking marketer. And, um, and, and Brant and I would talk and like, you know, I would tell, tell Brant, like, I, I like, man, like I've started falling in love with these like cheesy marketers. And I remember one time and I was like, I mean, I'm like trying to get into like social media. It was weird in our first year. And, um, I was like, I don't know, man. Should I just take like a Ty Lopez or course or something? <laughs> and the guy goes, Oh no, no, don't do that. <laughs> I was like, well, why? Like, what's like, which course should I take? And then, you know, it was like kind of conversations we had. So, um, how long have you been? How long have you been doing SEO, Brent? Hey everyone, we're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor for the month, the Von Mack Agency. Von Mack is a full-service digital marketing agency with a focus on tour and activity operators. They offer it all. SEO, websites, pay-per-clicks, logos, content writing. If it's online marketing, they got you covered. As we mentioned before, it's uber important to hire an agency that understands our industry. And the Von Mack Agency knows water sports. Trust me. And they do all the shit that you don't want to do. They do all the shit that you're probably not very good at and they are look for listeners of the show america herself is giving a free consult all right if nothing else give her a shout give her a call take 30 minutes out of your day more importantly take 30 minutes out of her day so she can get you straight on your marketing needs that's right what do you have to lose head to vonmacagency.com and go to the contact us page to get started again vonmacagency.com and most importantly let them know you were sent by the awg guys all right let's get back to the show yeah so back when i i got involved in that we'll just call that transition and started learning how some of this digital stuff works and getting control back that was about 15 years ago i think and I had messed around with some things prior to that, you know, here and there, but um, it, it just kind of happened a little organically, I mean, no pun intended. I, I really liked it. I was doing our own stuff. And then I started helping out friends here and there, and then it just grew into more. And and so the, really the cool thing is like, I, I get bored so easily. That's been like my lifelong problem with call it a job or occupation. Like as soon as I figure the thing out, I almost want to break it because it's just so boring. And with SEO, it has held my attention and only grown because, I mean, I was never into Rubik's Cubes, but it's sort of like that. Like as soon as you get something figured out, it's going to change on you and you're going to have to reverse engineer, find out what Google did. How can you, it's like a cat and mouse game that you're always playing because here's the spoiler alert. Google would rather you just pay them for ads and that's why the SEO black box is not open where they're saying, hey, just do these five things and you're good. You won't have to pay us for ads anymore. And so that that's what I find really interesting about it. For better or worse, it's kind of a love-hate sometimes. Mm, yep. I err I err with a little bit of hatred with Google sometimes, man. I especially with like the review thing, it frustrates me. I bitch about it constantly. It's like, man, like this is you know, somebody comes and they give you a one-star review. 
like one, I, the first one star review I ever got, like the guy was like, he was so crazy. I went and looked at his reviews and the things he was like, you know what I mean? It was like Hunter S. Thompson and, and, uh, and, uh, uh, fear and loathing in Las Vegas. He's like talking about bats being in, a, I'm like, this guy's completely insane. He's never been a customer of mine. Yeah. He left me yeah, a bad showcase, right? And you can't yeah. get rid of him. <laughs> and I'm like, Google, I'm like, come on, man. This guy's, I, I wasn't even open yet. And he left me a bad review. Like it was for February. I've never even serviced anyone. Like, how do we get a, a hit and run? He leaves me a one bad star and he leaves. And it's like, you flag it, you call him. Like I've been on the phone with India fighting with them. And it's just like, God damn it, man. Like it, it feels as though um there needs to be a little bit more of, of due diligence. And, and granted, I guess like Google would probably need like an entire you know, uh, an entire department of people like fact checking uh, bad reviews, but it seems as though you can just say anything. It can be completely false. You could go and smash your competitors with a faulty one-star review. It seems like that, that part of things is a little bit broken. I have that conversation with myself all the time because it's sort of like if they just had a functional product that worked the way it should in a lot of cases... I mean, there would not be this whole shadow industry that, that I exist in and that I have a business in trying to help people figure out what to do and then fix things that are broken. So it is sort of interesting, but can, can you extract, can you expound on that? Like a little bit, what do you mean? Like a, sh- a shadow industry? Because like, this is why I love you, Brent, because you're possibly the worst salesperson I ever fucking met. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not great at sales at all. So, uh, you know, I've, I've explained like Higher automatic business. outreach, we do shadowy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I mean is, so like, my business is kind of like, so I'm an SEO professional, and I'm like, I'm a barnacle on the front of a boat that's in an ocean called Google. Um, and, and that's just, I exist in this tiny little area to help people optimize their stuff to show up where it should show up, just because... Um, things typically are not working properly. So what I mean by that is by shadowy industry, not so much, but you know, there's this whole industry called SEO that has, that only exists and has grown because, um, you know, maybe people don't want to run Google ads or can't afford to run Google ads. But then when they, when they put out a quality product, they have a valuable service. It doesn't just automatically come up in organic SEO rankings like it should. And so there exists then an industry like mine where we have to actually help people understand all these rules and unwritten rules to just have them, their business or their service show up where it probably should show up. And inevitably in every market and every business we're battling, usually there's, there's this underdog of someone who is doing a great job providing a great service. But lo and behold, there's a shady competitor who's doing things wrong that's outranking them. And it's always this cry for justice. Like, why is this? Why is this person outranking me? You know, I'm doing everything right. They're doing everything wrong. Oh, guess what? It comes back to Google's algorithms. And yeah, let's help you understand those so we can help you show up where you really should be showing up. That's that's what I was trying to say there. Yeah. And, and, and it seems as though like every time there's like there's an update, you know, it's like... You know, it's it's some new like, oh, well, like, what does this mean? And why did we lose ranking? And, you know, like, because you see like when you when I watch I, I watch our organic pretty close. And if you're not if you're not me and you hire somebody like Brant, you know, 
Brant watches it from one place. I watch it from a different, but I constantly see these these fluctuations. And, you know, I'm pretty, I would say I'm probably not the hardest client on the face of the planet, but, you know, I'm sure that you get these calls like pretty often, you know, like, oh man, I, why did we fall two places or what, you know, over from here, it looks like this, but from in North Carolina where Brant's at, it looks like this. And from your phone, it looks like that. And from your tablet, it looks like this. And from Saudi Arabia, it looks like that. And why can't I just be number one everywhere? <laughs> I got, so I want, I want to take a uh, little bit of a, a little bit of a path here when it comes to SEO and just open up a conversation because most of the people listening, I think they understand the general um, consensus of, of w- what they need to do with, with SEO and some of the basic principles of it. I want to dive in and go a little deeper and ask Brant some questions because one of the things that people haven't really caught on yet is you know the, the Google um, Core Web Vitals and how that's playing into uh, web uh, SEO and, and rank. And we've noticed this on TripShock, and we've ignored it for a long time. And we recently uh, redeveloped our site. We made it faster. We made it more efficient and saw you know big increases across the board. So uh, can you talk about WebCore Vitals, why they have implemented it, and what businesses need to be aware of, small, big, large Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break and talk about our sponsor, Botest 101. Botest 101 is FWC and NASBO accredited online provider of both temporary certificate and full card. Yeah, guys, if you can't tell, Greg takes it super seriously. Have you been taking voice lessons, man? You sound so pro, dude. <laughs> so yeah, Destiny Water Adventures uses Botest 101. When somebody shows up super late and they go, hey, we're just on time for their tour, their jet ski or their boat. And they're like, we have to take a boat test. And then we have to break out the paper and they have to sit there for 30 minutes. They miss half their time. They get late. You get bad reviews. When you guys can just SMS, text them a link, email them to your Boat Test 101 affiliate link. They take the test online on their way there. They don't have to sit out in the hot sun. They take the test on their way or before they get there. They email you their ID and their boat test. They're good to go right when they walk up to the door. They sign your paperwork and on the water they go. It's easy breezy. They pay an industry leading commission of 30% and their boating tests are a dollar cheaper than the competitors at $8.99 a test. No contract to you and there's no cost. So you can get started right away and start making some money and providing a better experience for your guests. BoatTest101.com. Again, BoatTest101.com and tell them that the AWG guys sent you. That's right. Take your boating test as serious as Greg took this commercial and get your asses over to BoatTest101.com and sign up today. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I think if you don't mind, let me zoom out just to define a couple things okay. and then we'll get down into the weeds on the web vitals piece of it. But so when people say SEO, they they might mean different things. So if you just picture the first page of Google, real estate wise, the first thing you'll encounter when people say, hey, I want to show up on Google, they literally don't understand the very first thing they're going to run into are Google ads sometimes. So Google ads is a pay to play situation. We're not talking about SEO there. SEO does not impact that. That does not impact SEO. But that's the very first thing you'll see. Moving down from that as a local business. So if you're a local, if you rent boats or you do tours, there's going to be what we call the snack pack. 
it's it's called a bunch of things. Google changes the names just to confuse people, I think. But it was called Google Places. It's now called Google My Business. We call it GMB. It's the Snack Pack. There's three map listings that you'll see there. So that is an SEO piece. Below that is your actual website where the organic rankings show up. And so when we're talking SEO, we're talking about the map pack, and then we're talking about the website and trying to optimize those things. It's a fancy way of saying, hey, let's show up there. What can we do? Now, when it comes to the website, Greg, there are a number of things that have to happen. And one of those things that, that you're referring to, core web vitals, has to do with like the technical aspects of that website itself. So if you're using like a Wix or some of these off the shelf, like a GoDaddy or Squarespace, those are going to be hosted somewhere. You're going to be renting space on a rack. And so on any given day, maybe your website's slow um, and maybe there's nothing you can do about that. If you own your own website and you have it hosted somewhere and there's a bunch of hosting companies out there, um, you might have a slower loading time, but it's something you can optimize and fix. And so when you say, you know, core web vitals, just for people listening, that's going to be like, hey, how does this website look on a mobile phone? How does it look on the latest mobile phone? How does it look on desktop? You know, how does it look in Internet Explorer? You know, if grandpa's searching, um, all these different things come into the, the web vitals bucket and they are moving the needle. But I would say that for a local business, we find plenty of examples where their core web vitals are still not very awesome. But because the traffic is lower and because Google has kind of decided which local people best represent those results, it's going to impact them a little bit less than like a, a big website, maybe such as TripShock that's getting a lot of traffic and, and Google is really, you know, dialed into to watching load times and caching and all that fancy stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah that's good yeah I, and uh, you know it's, it's some of the, you're right like small small websites i don't see being drastically affected by it but i mean i i would say sites like kevin that you know get a substantial amount of traffic and also in very competitive uh categories you know these are uh things that i know that they are affecting our um our rank and making a big difference as we're improving Proving them and it's in and core of vitals is is many things like you said it's it's how the website looks you know on mobile devices it's it's the speed um it's the the frame rate and there's there's tons of different uh metrics you know that all kind of come together and and make that but uh if you have an SEO professional um, uh, that you have on staff, definitely ask them about web core vitals and just see where you um, you know where you show up in, or see what your rank is when you run when you run it through because um, they have core web, web vital test and you either pass or you fail and it tells you exactly what you need to do to fix them. Don't get too worked up over it because I know some people like when I mention it to them they run back to their office and they check and they're failing hard and they're yelling at their web developer saying that they're that's the reason why they're not ranking let me just put a plane for you that is a that is a small part of it <laughs> but um but you know it's something to definitely consider that this is one of the new parts of seo that you have to start watching now not just your keywords and your backlinks yeah, for sure. And I would say that, and that's one of those frustrating moving targets, like we'll check um, for a client and if 
you know, just for people listening, it's going to be a color, you know, green's good, orange is like, yeah, and the red's bad. So if we can have it green on mobile, you know, 100% on desktop, and then like literally three days later, it changes um, because Google is constantly moving the target on some of those things. And, and so um, I would say that it's once you have everything else in place, it's usually not the very first thing we focus on. But if you take SEO and split it into just two parts, you have on-page SEO, which is going to be you've identified the right keywords, you have your content uh, zeroed in on that stuff, you have your metadata, you have a decent site structure, and like Greg's saying, you have some of those core web vitals in place from a technical aspect. That's part of it. And then you have to move on to the other pieces of SEO, which is the off-page. That's just getting people to build links to you. Um you know, the content marketing is a big piece of that strategy now. And and so, yeah, when everything is firing on all cylinders, then we really watch the core web vitals. And again, changes all the time. But you bring up a good point because Google does like they don't want people to get frustrated searching and to bounce back and leave and, and ultimately leave Google. So got to stay on top of it. So, Brent, you know, we've when we've talked about this over the years, like, you know, like as far as like your content strategy versus like, and again, I know like all of it plays a piece, but it always seems like there's this kind of like changing and you're like, I get email newsletters all the time. I like talk about like, you know, the importance of, of backlink versus your content. Like how do the, how, what's like the interplay between those two and is one more important than the other. And you know, where should you be focusing your efforts? If you're, you know, if you're just a, if you're getting started and you're, you know what I mean? You don't have a um, marketing team and, and you are the marketing team. You're, you're solo and you have yet to, to shop this out to somebody. Where should you be focusing your efforts? Where are you going to get the most bang for your buck aside from on-page? Yeah, good question. And, and you hit it. On-page would be first. Like If you don't have the right keywords describing your stuff for your area, you know you can do all this other stuff and it, it's not going lift, to lift it for you. But I would say with that as a given... Uh, there's a lot of half-truths out there. So you'll hear, hey, you need to be writing blogs. Well, I mean, I looked at a website recently that had six over 600 blog posts, which for a small local website is a lot of blog posts. Not one of them was ranking for anything. I mean, they were all light, meaning there was nothing of substance there. They were recycled. And so if you're going to blog just for quantity's sake, or without aim, I would say just save your time and money. Now, um, if you blog strategically about, so for example, Kevin, let's use your website. Like we've really covered up the things to do type questions a lot recently. You know, maybe it's things to do for couples in Destin. Maybe it's things to do for adults. Maybe it's things to do for family. Things like that get searched. And if you blog about something meaningful with substance that has some keyword optimization, you can get a lot of bang for your buck there, especially if you have somebody in your office or someone who has downtime. Maybe they're a college student. Maybe they can write some stuff for you. Now, here we are back to the initial point I made with you can be doing the right things, but you're just still not showing up. And that comes down to competition. So you can have some really awesome content. But if you're in a really competitive market, like, I don't know, maybe you do Segway tours of cornfields in Iowa, like you can write a blog post about that and probably rank. 
But, oh, you know, if, if you're in Destin or you're in Orlando or, you know, in, in San Diego, the competition is steep. And so that's where you're going to need backlinks and you're going to have to be careful um, with backlinks. And a backlink is just a site saying, hey, go check out this site. We think it's cool. And if you think of that like a vote, you know, you might have some random dude on Twitter saying, hey, this is cool, check it out. Or you might have someone from a major media outlet saying, hey, this is cool, check it out. Those opinions are very different and there's different credibility ranges there. So if you have backlinks to those blog posts from credible websites or at least related websites, that's going to help that blog content rank a little better too. One thing I wanted to add to the whole blogging. So we've recently, and we have hundreds of blogs on TripShock and some of them rank extremely well. Some of them don't rank at all. And instead of creating new blogs all the time, we have a process where our content, we have a content writer on staff and they, every three to six months, they're going back to those blogs and they're filling in more content, changing them up. Um, we have a lot, like we need at least five pieces, uh, different pieces of content. So obviously you have text, right? And you have to have text for the, now we have images. So we use either stock images or images that we take, you know, from, um, you know, various tours. Uh, we, we include video clips, charts, uh, tons of different, just content, different types of content to put in there. And a lot of times when Google does featured snippets, and if you don't know what a feature yeah. snippet is, feature snippet is kind of like a, a snapshot of your blog that's put on the Google search results, which is great. I mean, it's t top real estate. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Sometimes we see these lists and these the ordered, uh, ordered list or unordered list and, and these feature snippets, or we see photos or, or videos or whatever. So when you're building your blog, think beyond text. Put photos in there, put charts, make shit yeah, up <laughs> and just make, make it very robust. And that's why we have our writer going back through to these blogs and filling them out and changing them up. Don't just create a blog and leave it. You're going to create a, a plan to go back into them. Yeah. And that's a great point, Greg. And then along with that, sometimes we'll see just completely random topics and it, it makes sense. You know, you think of someone in their business, I don't know, Hey, we got to do a blog any ideas? And so something random gets chosen. It's disjointed. There's a concept that's been around under different names, but we call it topic clusters. So if in the middle you have a hub, it's a main topic. We'll just use a real example. So if we're going back to, uh, we'll use our Iowa example. So maybe it's like things to do in Des Moines. Okay. Maybe that's the hub. And then outside of that, whatever there is to do in Des Moines, I'm not sure. But those are going to be their own distinct blog posts. It's going to go a little more in depth about that specific thing. And when those are interlinked together, Google really ascribes topical authority to websites that are giving, uh, you know, broad and deep coverage of topics that are, that are more comprehensive. And so to geek out for a second, I mean, their AI and machine learning um, that, you know, people are debating if it's sentient or not, you know, it's going to take over the world. Um, I think it really helps feed, um, some of their, their databases and their algorithms and their internal studies, because, you know, to find something that's comprehensively covered and very in depth is really what they're looking for. So I would say in your blogging, 
once you have an idea, see if you can develop three or four ideas around that idea and then do that as a batch. What's, what's, what do you, you think the biggest mistake that people do when they blog? Biggest mistake is this. They pick some random idea. They will type out 300 words about it and they won't give any careful thought to the keywords. Um, or if they do, they are going to use their main keywords for every single blog. So it's going to be rent a boat Destin, rent a boat Destin, every blog post. You are, yeah, you're going to cannibalize your other pages in search results yeah. if you create blogs using the same keywords as your other pages, your main pages. Um, you hit it on the head. I was going to, I was going to follow up if you didn't mention it, but I, I, everyone creates these blogs with like two to 300 words. And I know they're paying someone to write them. There's no con, there's no pictures. It's like shit. You know, the, the, the article is kind of shitty, uh, cause it was thrown together. You're wasting your time and money. You are wasting yeah, it. Instead, are. focus on a, a topic, do 1500 words, have pictures, have video clips, have the whole thing and put some time into it. You are going to get 10 times the result from it. But blogging, don't make the mistake. The- Am I the only one that like when you're searching for something on a website, you feel like you are like for information, you feel like you got to go to the fifth page because you're just like, oh, my God, bro. Like every single blog or listicle I read, I'm like, yeah, oh, OK, this is a, I'm getting sold on something like every. Like, oh, I know. Just- it's funny, Kevin. I find <laughs> myself going to the second and third pages more often these days because yep. those first you know, five, six listings. All ads. Well, it's not that they're all ads, but the, the content is just, I under it's, it's built for SEO, but not for the user and they're tricking the algorithm. And I'm no. like, this is garbage. Like these listicles are garbage. I'm not getting anything out of it. Um, they're, and I can tell they're built just for being an SEO person. I know they're built the right way and that's why they're ranking. But I go to like, you know, I've gone to the second page and found better content than I've ever have. Maybe more people will catch on to that. So just because you're not in first page of Google doesn't mean that it's not worthwhile, you know, trying to optimize those, those uh, pages. Okay, let's, let's switch gears here. Um, cause it's, it's something, man, you know, it's like a great, it's a wonderful, uh, tool in my arsenal. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people really use it to full advantage. And it's it's GMB, G- GM like, <laughs> oh, and I've, I've used GMB forever, man. Like I have put content on GMB forever, and we went, we've gone really heavy, Brand. I don't know if you recently saw our GMB pages, but like, man, we daily, like, I I have so I have hundreds and hundreds of of very small snippets and little adverts and pictures and stuff like that on our, on our, on our GMB. And I don't know if you've noticed this, you know, they got rid of the GMB app. Yeah. Yeah. That confused a client the other day. He told me GMB is gone. Did I not get the notice? I'm like, well, no, not really, but uh, yeah, the, the app and they want you to stay right on the search results to edit your stuff. Now, if you've seen that push, yep. they, yeah, but Man, that is that is an area that is probably the most maddening thing um, from a from a business perspective for me, but also just a user perspective. It's it's crazy. So when you say GMB, so everyone is clear here, we're talking about the map results on on Google. Most people refer to it as Google Maps. They see three local results, and for a local business owner, this can drive a lot of traffic and phone calls. And the challenging thing is there used to be seven results. And without boring people completely, there are three different algorithms 
that might be in play to determine who shows up there in those results. So long, long ago, there was something called the Pure Algorithm. And so when Google seeded that database, they pulled it from 411, white pages, yellow pages, like all this stuff, and they dumped it in there. And so if you had your business registered and, and other things like that, you would show up in those results. Maybe you weren't even in business anymore, but that's how you got there. They pivoted completely to something called an organic algorithm years back. And so it was really awesome because if we'd rank a website down in the organic results, you'd literally see the same seven people mirrored in the map results. They would just take that listing and say, all right, they rank down here. They must be good to rank here. Well, then Google broke that and they, they fused them both together and said, okay, let's use some pure elements, which might have to do with your name, your location, um, different things like that. And then let's also look at organic results and let's see if they have high DA backlinks come in. Let's see if they're ranking. And now let's see what reviews talk about. You know, let's see how active people are on their listing. And so now it's this hodgepodge of variables, which inevitably in every market, you will find people that should absolutely not be ranking there. And it's the most frustrating thing in the world because that department at Google is an absolute circus. And uh, they routinely suspend legit listings, ban listings, and there's literally no help to come by for it. Yeah, I just had a so, situation with TripShock. So a customer created our Google business profile. And they left a review, a bad review, and then they used my corporate address, which is an office building. So when you type TripShock, there's my GMB that I want removed with a picture of our second floor office, <laughs> right? We have customers driving to our office because they don't think twice. They just, you know, they book on TripShock and then they, they don't, they think that they're booking with. Drive over yeah. to pick up their tickets. Had, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> we had, ha had it happen. So I go to edit it and say, this is a private location. I can't tell you how many times I did it. I, I mean, I had employees do it. We did it for months, six months. They finally removed it yeah. after it, all that BS. It's crazy because and it's the norm. Unfortunately, I, I know we're get I know we're getting close to the end, but I I liked you know Brant and I went through like right when we moved locations like a horrific thing, and I and we really didn't talk about it too much on the show. Um, I maybe mean, a little bit, but I mean, yeah, I we, lost we every we, single one of my reviews. Yeah, we we talked about it uh, in length. Yeah, on that on the yeah. show about moving locations. That's yeah, that's so, right. Well, this is this is the ninja who helped me get them get them back. I lost. I had six hundred at the beginning of this year, and they were. They yeah, were yeah. Well, I forget the. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes, but um, we have a whole episode dedicated kind of to to Kevin losing his uh, GMB, and um, it's it's the is the one about trans uh, transitioning locations. So, um, man. anyways, we, yeah, we are it, we are kind of coming to the end, but Brent, um. I want to thank you for coming on the show. It was a great conversation. But is there any um, words of advice that you leave to um, businesses that are struggling with their SEO and kind of looking for, you know, a couple good tips to get them back on track? Well, you know, in line with the last thing we discussed, I would say the best insurance policy, and trust me, I do not want to get into the, just the, the GMB business, but 
for all of our clients, we had to forge a relationship literally with a guy who knows a guy who has clout there. Who we, there's an API backup that we had to use to back up listings, back up reviews, and build a file so that if a nightmare scenario happens like Kevin had, we're able to get the listing back You know, within a day or two. Had that file not been there, I don't know that they would have come back. So I would just say if you have a GMB, do not go in there and edit your name, your phone number, your website willy-nilly because it's going to trigger a, a review. And even though you're not doing anything wrong, that listing might disappear. So move cautiously there. And I would say as it relates to SEO, um, look at it as one of the best mid to long-term objectives that's going to build real site value. When and if you ever sell your business, sometimes that can add another half a million, million dollars to the asset sheet based on the traffic value of that website. Not only that, but it'll bring customers in along the way. So don't overlook SEO, even though you've probably had three different companies that have done you wrong. SEO done right really does pay dividends into the future. And how can people uh, get in touch with you, Brian? Um, you can, I don't know if there'll be a link in the show notes, but you could just head over to my website, automaticoutreach.com. You can reach out. Um, not every client is a great fit. And I'll be honest with you, like Kevin said, I'm not great at sales. We'll take a look at your thing, your your things, like what you're trying well, to rank you, for, <laughs> where you're trying to rank and tell you what's going to be required and what it would take and if we'd be a good fit. And we don't charge for that. Awesome. Appreciate it. And we, Ken, we haven't mentioned in a minute about our uh, conference. Yeah. Yeah. We have our early bird tickets, 175, the second early bird, uh, 175 through August 1st. So make sure to head to our website, watersportpodcast.com. There's a link for the conference. We got hotel, uh, group rates, um, and the link to purchase is all there. And uh, obviously on our Facebook page, we've been releasing a lot of info about the programming and who's speaking. So we announced just recently that Douglas Quimby and Peter Syme are going to be our keynotes. Uh, very popular and well-known people in the industry. We're really excited to have them. So with that said, uh, we appreciate Brant. Uh, and uh, as always, keep it awkward. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you have further thoughts, questions, or comments about this episode, head to our Facebook group, Watersport and Boat Tour Operators, to continue the conversation. See you next time.